and we're back for another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Pop Culture Cosmos. The Lakers Fast Break, Inside Sports Fantasy Football and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, 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 please like, support, share, or do whatever you can to help us out here at the Lakers Fast Break. And also, the best place to go for... 2021 NBA draft news and information and profiles. That's NBA Draft Junkies on YouTube, NBADraftJunkies.com. His great podcast as well, Run the Floor and NBA Draft Junkies. It is my good friend indeed. He is the man behind NBA Draft Junkies. It is Rafael Barla. And Rafael, we're going to talk some NBA free agency, some contract extensions. Possibly even some Kate Cunningham as well. Yeah, it seems like it's been a it's been a while. Well, yes, I, I what, thought, yes, draft? I thought I'd give you some time off to relax, but lo and behold, you're still doing videos. I told you to relax, get some sleep, get some rest, take some time off, because you know, five thousand videos as far as prep beforehand that you did in in the if you want to check it out. Still, if your team out there, you're not sure who they got in the draft, you're not sure who you know just about the guys that they picked up best place to go is nba draft junkies because you will see time and time and time again some great profiles and now you're up to your draft uh i think you're up to your draft grades right now for both uh the eastern and western yeah. conference so i finished the east and um i just have the west and then i'll be done with that i'm just ready to get 2020 over <laughs> and uh start focusing on 21 i've already done all the the stuff I do as far as like rebranding, as far as like updating the logos and changing the site over. So once I finish off the the Western Conference grades, I'll be done. Oh, that's awesome. But yes, you got to check out what he's doing today at NBA Draft Junkies and NBADraftJunkies.com because 2021, it's knocking on the door. It's right around the corner. And in just, well, actually less than a year, it's going to be the NBA Draft once again. So we're looking yeah. forward to that. Actually, a lot quicker turnaround we're expecting this time around, not the extended stay that we had if for 2020. Yes. Yep. So my friend, there's a lot going on in the NBA because it was possibly the, what, probably the busiest eight or nine days in league history, I think, this past week with the trades first off, then the draft, and then the free agency, and then the contract extensions that were laid out. My gosh, it was hard to keep up with it all. You think so? Because, I mean, usually the draft is, I mean, it's not like two-day difference, but usually the draft and free agency is within a week, a few days. Yeah. And, you know, before, like as soon as it hit midnight, you saw like 40 deals coming through. (laughs) So at least this year we didn't. They spaced it out. I mean, those tampering rules. Yeah. Yeah. I think, can yeah. we say Bogdanovich? Maybe that might have been the cause of it? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. But even then, though, I mean, I remember, last, was it last year? Or yeah, 2019. I remember I was out of the country, and I was actually at one of these tournaments scouting. And I'm standing up to, like, it's like first thing in the morning, and it's just woes and shams are just nonstop. I'm like, free agency is only four minutes long. <laughs> How has everybody agreed to this? They kind of like so, waited, even though everything might have been set before, what was that, 3 yeah, p.m. Waited. Easter? Uh, you know, they kind of like waited an hour and then it started yeah. trickling out. And then, like, two, three hours later, boom, 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 then you saw it. But you know, all these deals for the most part were set up already. But the Monday beforehand, when the, the floodgates started opening on the trades, we saw Chris mm-hmm. Paul, Dennis Schroeder, we saw a lot of other trades go through. And then you know, at that time, the flurry of draft picks later in the first round. And then you see, again, later on this part of the week, you saw the contract extensions that were signed. Once things kind of, the dust kind of settled a little bit for the most part, you saw the contract yeah. extensions that were signed. So I want to hit first off with NBA free agency, my friend. Mm-hmm. I know that's something that you're keeping a close eye on because you as a Portland Trailblazers fan, Got to be excited. So I'm going to go ahead and start off, instead of starting off with the Lakers, because everybody's been talking about the Lakers, for good and for bad, mostly for good, talking about how they won free agency and whatnot. And I'll hear your thoughts on that in a sec. 
I want to go ahead as as our guest and someone who I know loves the Portland Trailblazers as much as I love the Lakers. I want to go ahead and give you props for Portland. What are your thoughts on Portland's free agency period? I know you've been saying a lot on Twitter, but I want you to go ahead and tell everybody out there what your thoughts on the Blazers and how they, uh, you know, how they did in free agency. I thought Portland did okay. I like the Robert Covington trade, even though I was hoping that they would draft Sadiq Bay. I had been campaigning for that for months. But I like the Covington trade. I mean, yeah, Covington trade. Uh, as far as free agency, Hood coming back. I mean, they, he ended up coming back for more money. Uh, but having him and back And coming helped. off the Achilles injury. Yep, yep. So having him comes back helps. And then with Trent, should be able to, uh, you know, just help out. I mean, he, he showed in the bubble that he's an NBA rotational player. So having those two wings helps. Um, as far as I like the Harry Giles signing. Yes, so do I. I like that. And the, it, I just don't know how, how much he'll play. Because he's uh, got Enos because, Cantor there. Yeah, Cantor. Then Zach Collins is still there. They brought Melo back. So... I mean, to me, the, the Blazers' free agency was – they got some pieces, but to me, the biggest thing is health, just overall health. I mean, they, they went to the conference finals the year before, and I think this team is actually better. And so, um, But it's just, just being healthy. I still would like to see them add another backup point guard. I mean, that, that would be what I would like to see them at. Maybe Evan Turner on a cheap deal. He's still available, and he was um, – you know, he was on the team a couple years ago. So that that would be my final thing. I wanted Sarich. I wanted the Blazers to add like a four that can pass and make plays for others a little bit. James Johnson was another target that I wanted to see them make a trade for. But I think Harry Giles is the most underrated passing big in the league. So just good to see them add some ball ball movers because Portland was like last in the league in assists last year, maybe like second to last like two seasons prior. So just want to see, see them get some ball movers. You got to root for a kid like Harry Giles because he's had the two devastating knee injuries and we weren't even sure if he was going to go ahead and be able to play to any extent with Sacramento and to see him now in a position where he might get a chance at Portland. It would be nice, but again, you're right. It's a stack. It's a very stacked front court for Portland right now. Yeah. I mean, Collins, I hope they don't, Think that starting him at the four is the answer this year. I know that was the plan last year. Yeah. So I hope that's not the case. But he could easily be the third big. I don't think he's better than Cantor. I mean, he's better defensively. I think you. We are, I, I think it, you and I are better defensively. Yeah, but if Cantor, well, if Collins becomes a good corner three shooter, then I think it helps him. But if he's not, then I just don't see how he can beat out Cantor for the backup center role. And, but, I, with the, but with the Portland Trailblazers, I want to ask one thing. With the, all the additions, I, th- I thought they were pretty good. And obviously bringing Melo back as well. Defense is still going to be an issue for your team. Uh, and this is something I might get back to with the Lakers when it comes to them. What are your thoughts on as far as these additions helping your defense? Because I didn't see much in the way of doing that. They're well, going to Covington, score a lot of points. They're going to score a lot of points. Well, Covington helps a lot. I mean, he's a shot blocker. Even though he's a wing, he can play the three and four. He'll be able to defend other teams' best wing. So that's something that they didn't have at all last year. I mean, true. we were relying on Gary Trent to, to guard LeBron. So also having wing depth is, is also going to be key. Um, so, yeah, defensively, I don't know if they're going to be a lot better, but you know, it's impossible to be a good defensive team in the NBA if you don't have a, a wing, a switchy 3-4. So they addressed that. So um, defense should be a little bit better. I'm hoping so. And then with, with a deeper roster, I mean, the guys shouldn't be gassed. I mean, we saw in the playoffs, guys were just gassed because yeah. they only were going like <laughs> six, I mean, seven, winning, winning Gabriel. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you only had like, five or maybe six legitimate rotation players. So, um, but yeah, I think depth uh, should help out defensively and then uh, just having a good wing defender. Well, like I said, I hope so. It's always better than when Portland is kind of given the Lakers and, and Clippers and everybody in the, in the Western conference uh, some noise. So it's always good to see them competitive 
in the league. And I think uh, there's going to be, you know, a lot of points scored there in Portland. Do you think at some point in time they're going to have to move off the C.J. McCollum contract? Do you think they're going to have to move him? Maybe it start if if it goes okay, but doesn't go quite the way that they planned. Do you think do you see them moving off of him at the trade deadline? Nope. <laughs> and is it going to what trade can they make for C.J. that's going to make them better? Like what? I can't think of a possible scenario where it's going to make them better because. If you take CJ away, right, now, who is your second option? So even if you get two, you trade him for two good defensive players, you still don't have a legitimate second option on the team that can create their own shot and get a basket. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm just, that's why I'm asking because I hear CJ's name. You, you and I both hear CJ's name all the time when it comes to the rumors and, and things of that nature as far as being traded and whatnot. So that's the only reason why I'm saying. So Yeah. Uh, I mean – they yeah i mean portland doesn't have another guy that can create his own shot outside of dame yeah. that can just get you a basket late in the shot clock so no i think trading cj would be a mistake i think it would be easier to to find another defensive three four that can you know defend multiple positions than it would be to replace cj fair enough fair enough indeed once again, I'm speaking to Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. Got to check out all the great things that he's going to be doing for the upcoming 2021 draft at NBA Draft Junkies. Plus, also his draft grades, which are there right now. Please check it out today, NBA Draft Junkies. So, my friend, we will, again, talk about the Lakers here in a few minutes. But when it comes to NBA free agency out there, let me know some of the teams that you've been watching that you said, you know what, those are some pretty nice moves, some winners. I'm going to tell you the first off, as far as players are concerned, the winners are anybody who can make a three-point shot because shooters really won out with Joe Harris, Davis Bertrands. Those guys got banked because they can hit the yeah. three-pointer. But are there any teams that really stick out to you as far as being a success this free agency season? I mean, obviously the Lakers, Atlanta's the biggest winner in free agency. I mean, they've pretty much reshuffled their team around. Now they may have too much depth because all of their young guys, all their young wings. Push back. Push um, back. Push back. I, I read today that they're still going to start Collins at the four and they're going to bring Gallinari off the bench. So if they bring Gallinari off the bench, then that means either Capella or Kongu is coming off the bench also. Then that means you got Reddish, Hunter, all of those guys. So um, I still think, and this is my opinion, I, I've mentioned it on Twitter. I think it's going to be similar to what the Lakers do with Anthony Davis, and I think it's going to be a similar trade with the Hawks and the Bucks for Giannis. Ooh, very nice, because we have not seen a Giannis signing to an extension as of yet, so he hasn't said yes. That's, I know that's been the the rumorville is, is going wild when it comes to Giannis and uh, that whole – him not signing as of yet as we get closer and closer to the start of training camp. So that becomes louder and louder and louder. People are talking about Dallas and Miami and all the other teams that are in play, possibly even the Lakers for Giannis Antetokounmpo. So it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. Atlanta, like you said, could be a key as well. John Collins, uh, he's not had or he's not been given an extension offer as of yet. So that's also something to bear in mind because I know he's up for one this year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and that's why I think it might be a possible move because you can't really get a Giannis deal done unless Colin signs an extension. I think he would be a valuable piece in that trade. There you go. So I, I was thinking it could be some type of package of Reddish, Collins, and either Capella or Kongu, one of those guys for for Giannis because – I don't know. Did you hear the Woj pod, the the Giannis story? Uh, not as of yet. I know I see it. Pl- you know, plastered. It's mm-hmm. he's got it pinned on his Twitter page. I am going to take some time to check it out. I was basically going back and forth between all the different draft pods and then running to the free agency pods. But yeah, I, I got to read a little bit of the story on ESPN. Then I know he has the the Woj pod that goes into detail on it. Yeah. So without giving a whole story, Giannis thought he was going to the Hawks coming into the draft and Atlanta traded up and they were planning on taking him at number 16 and his agents had 
they had a, they didn't disclose his medical information or his records to a bunch of teams because they thought Atlanta was the fit. That was the first city that he flew into in the States. And he just knew that he was going to Atlanta and Milwaukee came in and took him at 15. So even though the front office is different, like Danny Ferry is not there anymore, Bud is his coach in, in Milwaukee. I just still think it makes, it makes sense because if he goes to Atlanta, he'll play with, a much better team than what they can put together in Milwaukee. And I think with this Bucks team, the way it's constructed, they're kind of stuck as far as flexibility. And so you think if he gets traded to Atlanta, I want to I get this clear. You think him playing with Trey young and some of the young stars that are there, although a lot of them would be traded back, let's say Milwaukee is a better option for him playing right now with Middleton and holiday. Yes. Yeah, simply because I think you'd have, you know, you'd have Trey Young, who averaged 29 a game, and who is a better distributor than Holiday. Holiday's a much better defender. Then you'd have Bogdanovich, who they're close. So there are rumors that Bogdanovich and, and Giannis want to play together. I don't think Atlanta goes after Bogdan without thinking that they can possibly make some type of move for Giannis because Bogdan is redundant to the three wings that they've drafted in the last two years. And then Gallinari. <laughs> I mean, does he really agree to come off the bench? That's just my opinion. Yeah. Like, does he really agree? Okay, I'm going to come off the bench in Atlanta. Because I remember his words during, you know, the season that he was going to go ahead and not take the money and go to lean towards a contender. To yeah, to a contender to win. And being winning the eighth playoff seed, which Atlanta is now favored to do or be right there on the cusp of it, it's not exactly what I had in mind. He did take the money. Yeah, so to me, something is cooking. And Giannis yeah. hasn't signed. Like, I mean, I know they're saying that AD hasn't signed because he possibly is waiting on Giannis. But, like, I mean, Giannis knows. <laughs> I don't know. Like, if you really want to sign and you're content, then you, you go. Milwaukee can't really make any more moves at this point. So yeah. what's the what's the hold up? So that's just my opinion. I could be wrong, but I, I thought it was very interesting when I listened to the Wolves pod about, you know, his draft process that he thought he was gonna be a hawk and and all of that. And so then then you just start seeing all of this stuff go down. And Atlanta, like they have assets now with, with the guys that they drafted. They should be able to return a lot for Reddish. Yeah. I, and I even thought like Boston would be a possible trade partner. But if you offer like, red, let's say you offer Reddish, Collins, and Capella, or Reddish, Collins, and Okongu, a team would take that if they're going to lose a star. Yeah. I know a lot of people would. I know a lot of teams would. That's for sure. Like you said, if they're going to lose their superstar, plus throw in a, a lot of draft picks. I think Atlanta still has a, a nice plethora of or at least a nice cache of draft picks at this point in time. So that's something that they could go ahead and offer to the Bucks if it goes south between Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. The better that these Marvel films do, the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general, but other Marvel films also. I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. I want to ask you this before we hit the losers. The New York Knicks, that's always a source of, of fun and information out there, but I kind of like the fact that they didn't do anything truly outlandish like last yeah. year. I kind of like the fact that they, you know what? They're going to keep some money on the books. They'll take some bad trades, but they'll get a lot of assets and picks in return if you want to throw at them. So I'm thinking that was probably a good move right now for Leon Rose to, you know, we're not going to overpay for a lot of free agents that will never work out. Yeah, and I, I thought that, you know, they didn't make a splash. I feel like they, they had a good summer in a sense because next year is a strong draft. They got a coach that I think is going to make them better. Whether or not he's patient or not for the long haul, that, that's to be determined. 
but I think that they're they're in a range where they'll be bad, where they should have a lottery pick next year, and they'll have cap space. So, you know, you got the two kids from Kentucky that are projected lottery picks. We already know there's a connection between Kentucky and the Knicks. And then I just saw Jalen Green sign with CAA. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and, and I think they'll be bad enough to where even if you don't get the number one pick, I think this draft next year is good enough to where you get a, a top five guy, top eight guy that they should be able to, um, you know, you have a nice future to build around. So they would have Barrett, Toppin, Mitchell Robinson, and then, a, you know, I think they have two first-round picks. Yeah. I think they have the Mavs picks. So, yeah, I thought they, they played it smart. On the Porzingis trade, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. So, yep. And, and then Kate, Kate Cunningham, who we saw earlier today in a play for his first game for Oklahoma State, looked pretty good. I mean, I, I mean, it's a freshman, first game. I'm not expecting the world. Didn't, you know, bust the world over against uh, UT Arlington, but looked okay. They won. They didn't win big or anything like that, but he looked okay. Not too bad. Yeah, I think he had what nineteen. I know he had like ten rebounds. Twenty double, double. one points, ten rebounds, three assists. I mean, he was okay. okay. Yeah. I like the way he pushed the ball up the floor. His head was up. He was going ahead and looking for long passes to go ahead and find teammates. I liked his unselfishness. Rebounding, he was there. Rebounding, he really looked physically and athletically better than anyone else on the floor. His shot looked okay. That's something you can yeah. definitely work on. But I, I see some signs out there. I wish he would try a little bit harder on defense, but I see some signs. I see some definite signs. Yeah, I think in college he's going to be a matchup nightmare because he can play one through four. Um, they they showed him. Uh, he posted up a little bit. He's tough in transition. He's a um, he's a special talent. He's a special talent. So for some reason, I think that he's. The Thunder are going to be so bad. They're going to have so many ping pong balls where they're going to be able to keep him in state. I have a feeling that might be the case as well, but it's just interesting to see. I know Cade Cunningham has not been the slam dunk number one for you like it has been with so many other individuals. In fact, ESPN was promoting him as such already. Uh, I think he's a potential number one. I think he's very good, and I think it obviously sets a sign, but he has to keep developing, and we'll again, we'll see, but very good start. You know, you can't, for a guy, yeah. first freshman, first game in college, I'd say it was a pretty good start. So. Yeah, he, he's my number one. I think ESPN had Jalen Green as their number one. Oh, did I? I thought it was the other way. Okay, because now they're advertising on their YouTube hey, page. He went to school. Yeah, yeah but they had they had uh, all year they had Jalen Green as their number one. Okay, but they flip flopped. Um, Just ESPN now has him as. In fact, they they were billing him today on their YouTube page as the number yeah. one in the NBA draft. But yeah, it's, it's so funny how that works. Well, but well, they had him as their number one recruit. Okay, the number one recruit in the nation. But now I think they have Cade as the the number one draft pick. So even I saw a graphic today where they had they had Cade listed as their number two recruit in the twenty twenty one class, but they had him as their number one pick. I don't, yeah. Uh, anyways, he, there's still a lot of lot of great talent there. So I mean, again, yeah. it's a good start. It's a good start. So we'll go ahead and see how it works out from there. But you're right. There's going to be a lot of draft assets for Oklahoma City. But it would be great to see him on the Knicks, possibly light that city up. Uh, but you're right. The odds are with the 5,000 draft picks Oklahoma City has over the next five years, seemingly, that they have the best shot of getting it. Either them or New Orleans. Yeah, but I just wonder, like, as far as the Thunder, you know, that franchise has been spoiled. From day one, Oklahoma City has had Kevin Durant, James Harden, Westbrook. Then when KD left, they still had Paul George, Melo, Excuse me, last year they still had Chris Paul, but they won. So the fan base has been spoiled. Now I'm curious to see how they'll come out and support the team. You know, if it were a normal situation, if we all could, you know, go to games, but how much fan support that they would get without a surefire, like, marketable star. I think Gilgis Alexander's close to being that, but he's not a, a household name like that. And yeah. so. Um. Yeah, I just wonder how the franchise survives if they don't have that that guy. Well, if they, you knew they're going to sell out every game. Yeah. Well, if they get anywhere near revel relevance as far as maybe even break five hundred or get close to it, it's going to be because of Shea Gilgis Alexander. It's going to be because he's going to take the team on their back on his back 
and he's going to carry it to a, a decent record if that's the case. It, no, you know, I think they would trade him if yeah. if they got to that point. <laughs> they don't they don't want to win. I know they don't want to win. I'm just saying that if they do, if they manage to go ahead and win during the season, get any type of decent record, you know, yeah, obviously that's not the goal. They want to go ahead and do the, the uh, maybe a tanking that even Sam Hinkie would be a proud of. But I guess at this point in time, if they're anywhere near close, it's going to be because of Shea Gilgis-Alexander. And if that's the case, uh, you know, that would be kind of detrimental to what they're trying to build in Oklahoma City. But, you know, like I said, it, it, we'll see how that, that pans out. But Kate Cunningham was pretty good uh, in his first time around. Yeah. yeah, but as far as the Thunder, I think in order for them to get high lottery picks, I think they need their own picks to be bad because – the Clippers aren't going to be bad anytime soon. No. So those picks are going to be late first round. Um, and then I'm confused. You know, they had so many deals. 16, 16 or 17, yeah, I think. 16 or 17 in the next, like, six years. But I know, like, I felt like a lot of them, well, before this trade, you know, this whole trading season, but I felt like a lot of them were coming from the Clippers, which are going to be low picks. So I felt like they need their own picks to be bad in order to, you know, get in the high lottery range. But even then I just wonder like, all right, let's say they end up with a Cade Cunningham. And then the next year they end up with like Imani Bates or Chet Holmgren. All right. So you end up with these guys, is the owner going to pay the luxury tax? If all these guys end up panning out at, you know, when their contracts are back to back to back. And we will see the same scenario again. It'll be deja vu. Yeah. It'll be David deja yeah. vu indeed, because you'll see the same thing all over again. So you're right. Uh, in that marketplace, they can only handle so much success. And then the owner will tell Sam Presti to go ahead and trade them away again, just like he did the first time around. Yeah. So I'm, it'll be interesting to see how these next few years or well, next six years play out for the Thunder. So only, well, time be interesting. Only time will tell indeed. But before we head on out, my friend, I do want to go ahead and t- touch on one last team as far as the winners. You mentioned the Lakers with all their additions, uh, you know, obviously heading from Montrezl Harrell, Wesley Matthews, Marcus Saul. Now, there was a nice list. They re-signed KCP. Uh, a lot of good moves there. I'm not as sold as a lot of the analysts out there who are already giving away the, the championship to the Lakers, just similar. It's, it's actually the kind of weird. It's like exactly one year ago, they were giving everything away to the Clippers and remarking how wonderful it is. Now, one year later, they're remarking about the same thing. They're saying the same exact things about the Lakers that they are the Clippers, which for me is kind of like makes me even more nervous. I think they're better as overall talent. I just still think there's some issues of concern. I think their defense on the defensive end, it might not have been as good. It might not be as good defensively. I think offensively, especially coming off the bench, it's a lot better, but I want to hear your thoughts on what the Lakers did this season before we get to the losers of free agency. Yeah, man, it was shocking to see Montrez Harrell. Like I, for the life of me, do not understand why Montrez Harrell would take that deal. I like thought, makes no I thought Ibaka would be a better fit there, personally. Yeah, I think Ibaka is definitely a better fit. But, you know, the connection that runs the Lakers is the reason because it's crazy because I know his value dropped. I know his stock plummeted during the, the bubble. But I thought he was at least going to get 320 or something like that, at least $20 million a year. He didn't even get that over two years. And for him to sign a, a low deal like that so fast, is really strange to me. I could see if the money dried up, like in the case of like a Tristan Thompson or something like that, where there weren't a lot of, there wasn't a lot of money left, and he had to settle for the Celtics, you know, for two nineteen. But he signed for two nineteen fast. I'm just like, dang! Did Rich Paul say, "Hey, it's better to be a Laker with nineteen million than a Clipper for fifty or 60? I don't know what he did to convince him to take that deal, but. To me, it just makes absolutely zero sense because Harrell, it's not like he's coming off a max deal and he's looking to win a championship. I think the most he's ever made before this season was $6 million. Well, he's, so, not, he's only going to keep it for the one year because you and I both know he's going to opt out after the, after, you know, because he's got that opt out option next year. 
Yeah, but to me, it still doesn't make sense. Like, I don't think Rich Paul would have him sign this type of contract if it wasn't the Lakers. Yeah. Because even if you look at the KCP deal, he turned down 580 with the Pistons to go to the Lakers. And after five years with the Lakers, he'd have only made 68. So he's lost $12 million. People say, oh, well, you know, L.A., you know, being a championship. I don't think KCP has made up $12 million in off-the-court endorsements deals. And so when they were, when an agent anonymously came out a few weeks ago and was saying that Rich Paul has cost his clients a lot of money, everybody sees the big deals, which, you know, I think there is some jealousy there in that comment, but this kind of proves his point in a sense that he, you know, I, it seems like there's his guys that are his starters, you know, that he takes care of that come around LeBron, like Tristan was one. Cause I remember, I think he turned down like 57 million to end up getting 80. A lot of people felt like Jr. got overpaid and his, his contract that he's just finishing with Cleveland, even though KCP's deal was high to some, I feel like it was really fair value because he shot 38% from three. So I don't think there was a lot of home cooking there, but I mean, there's no, I don't know. I just feel like because it was the Lakers and because he kind of benefits in a sense with the Lakers winning, there's no way you would have told me that Jordan Clarkson would get like $30 million more than Montrez Harrell or Montrez Harrell's contract would be around the same ballpark, give or take a million or so as Mason Plumlee. That was crazy. That was great. Or yeah. Bertans, Bertans, eighty million, five years, 80, eighty million. Yeah. Or I mean, the biggest one Joe is the, the Morris. Point. Yeah, the Morris four for sixty-four. Yeah, is there a sixty-two million dollar difference between them? Man, that's crazy. <laughs> one takes one million dollars. One takes sixty-four. So that's crazy. So, uh, you know what? Uh, it is what it is, my friend. But you're right. Uh, I'm very, very curious to see how this plays out. But I'm a little concerned about the defense, that they're not going to be able to play that same level defense that got them the championship. I understand that they've now got an offensive punch coming off the bench that they didn't have before and then some, but I'm still concerned about the defense going forward because, again, like I said, it's it's something that the Lakers – I think well, that was the third man. To me, that was the third man was their defense and their, their the way they, they came together as a team. So I'm concerned about that going forward. Do I have a right to be concerned? Because I just that's just the, from what I'm no. seeing. As long as you got Anthony Davis and LeBron James, <laughs> if you beat if you if you beat your man off the dribble, those guys are waiting for you at the rim to have a, a block party above the square. Is it going to be think... as much of a block party? Because you don't have McGee and and and. Uh... Howard there, but you they're still like you but said. They didn't they didn't play in the playoffs. So I I mean during the regular season, yeah, maybe the defense is gonna slip a little bit, but in the playoffs, like how how much of an impact did McGee have? And and you have Gasol still there to give you five fouls against Jokic or any uh, type of big man, let's say Embiid in Philadelphia, they piece everything together with their all their acquisitions and maybe they go far, but I'm, yep. Yeah, I'm just saying if, if, if Gasol can give you anything, it's going to work out. Uh, if Wesley Matthews can still give you something in the tank, that's going to work out. Schroeder, I really like. I like that move above any of the others. Uh, I think that's really going to be something that I think – I know a lot of people, Rondo, say Rondo's gone, is really going to hurt the team and his leadership. It will, but I think Schroeder and his attitude will, will pick up some of that slack at least. Yeah, I mean, I guess the key is – you added two younger guys that are on paper. They were a lot better, but you just kind of wonder about the chemistry. Yeah. With, with uh, cause I, if I remember correctly, Schroeder said he didn't want to be in LA. Did you see that quote? No, I didn't he, see that quote. Yeah. He made a comment that he told his agent, I don't want to be a Laker or a Clipper. I'm not interested in either of, of those teams. Um. Here we go. But then I, I saw it on like social media, and you know, with social media sometimes pictures and words <laughs> they're a little bit different. Yeah, but no, I mean Dennis is—he's a very, very confident guy, and I know he rubs some people the wrong way because he's—he's he's very confident, borderline arrogant, and he—he, he, I think it is what makes him so good. But it also—he—he's in a situation now where he's. 
expected to win. Like yeah. he's been on winning teams. Don't don't get me wrong. It's not like he's put up numbers on these bad teams. But in LA, you know, you you with this team, you can't be concerned about you getting your 18 or 19 a night. Yeah, I I, don't, yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, absolutely. I like I said, I'm just I was like during the season, you might see their defense slip a little bit, and that's something that I think is going to be expected because Harrell, and I don't know, Schroeder depends on who you talk to. Not that great or is great defensively. I mean, Laker. This is where Laker Tom pulls out his analytics that are. Mm-hmm. Uh, his, I call it his jaded analytics because they always seem to slide towards one way or the other. He'll be talking great about Abaka for two straight weeks about how the, the, he should be on the Lakers. Then, as soon as he's not on the Lakers, he'll throw out the the statistics for Gasol, <laughs> and, yeah. he'll, and he'll send it to me on a message in Twitter. So it's funny how that works out. But yeah, what can I say? But yeah, I think the Lakers' defense is going to slip regardless because I just just end of season. I mean, they're coming off a long postseason run and a short break. LeBron so. and AD are going to rest a little bit more. Yeah, so I, I don't – which kind of, you know, having Harold there, I think that him and Schroeder are going to be like Lou Will and Harold uh, last year. They're going to probably carry a lot of the offensive load during the season because, I mean, I just think LeBron is going to take some games off or he's just going to coast, and then you see him turn it up late. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's tough to to get by – the Lakers. It's tough to say that another team had a better offseason. I mean, no, Atlanta. I agree. I, Atlanta, I agree. yeah, because they, you know, came from from nothing, like one of the worst records, to having expectations, but nobody expected to Lakers the Lakers to retool the way they did. No, and I think they did a great job. And kudos to yeah. Rob on that. Like I said, the one tweak I would make is I would bring, uh, I would have brought, you know, Abaca over here. Uh, instead of, you know, Harrell, I think, because I think defensively in the playoffs, I think it's the better fit. I'm not talking during the season. During the season, I think Harrell's going to get you more. But I think in the defensive side of the ball during a playoff series, I think uh, Abaka would have been a better choice for me either. I think he's just a better fit when you have those type of matchups in the playoffs. Yeah, and I really want to see how it plays out because on one hand, I could see how – Trez has a big role during the regular season and it diminishes during the playoffs because yeah. we know in money time, AD is going to play the five yep. and they're likely going to have Morris or Kuzma out that there. That was a good signing, re-signing him. Yes. Right. For $63 million but, less. Yeah, they got him for pennies. But with Trez being a clutch client and signing such a short deal where he gave them a discount, I wonder how much of a role does that play because you don't want to mess up his money after he gave you a wink wink deal and he had a big load in the regular season and then all of a sudden during the playoffs you can't really do him like you did JaVale where he starts and then in the playoffs I mean he won't get it his role won't be exactly like JaVale's but you know if he's playing 28 minutes a game during the regular season and then you cut him down to 15 during the playoffs when he's looking for a contract after he gave you a discount that's where I think chemistry could be a little bit of an issue, but if you got LeBron on the team, then at least, you know, you have that leader that, that can fix that. So I'm just ready to get this season started and, and, and more so for like the playoffs, just kind of see the, how these teams that have a lot of depth right now, how their, their rotations are going to be. Cause right now it seems like there's a few teams that are, their rotations are, you know, it's going to be hard to figure them out because they have so many guys that are very similar. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Any uh, quick thoughts on some losers for this NBA free agency season? Yeah, I thought, I thought Denver got weaker. I thought Denver got weaker. But as far as like another team I wanted to mention, I thought Dallas had a very, very yes. strong offseason. I, I thought they had a good draft. They had three guys that I thought were first-rounders. They got them with 
uh, with uh, you know with their picks. And then they added toughness. They added size. Josh Richardson part, in that trade. Wing, yeah, wing size. They added another wing defender. And then they were able to save money for next year. So this, if you think about it, they gave up. Only players they gave up was really like Seth Curry out of their rotation players. And they got Tyrell Terry. You got Josh Green. You got Tyler Bay, Josh Richardson, and James Johnson. And they only lost one rotation player. So... I, I like that the moves that Dallas made. As far as losers, I think Denver is the biggest loser. They lost. Um, they lost uh, Grant, yes. who made a, a lot of money for himself in the bubble. Um, they, they lost somebody else too. Um, uh, uh, Craig, Tory Craig, Tory Craig. So they lost two of their stronger defenders. Millsap is a year older. Um, they got. I mean, they added another guard, Campuzo. From the Argentinian from uh, Real Madrid, he is going to be fun to watch. Him and Jokic together, you're going to see a lot of give-and-go, highlight, no-look, crazy passes. So I thought that was a a good pickup. Even though I I didn't necessarily think that they needed another guard, I thought Monte Morris was was good there. Um, So I wonder, is there there another move that's going to be made? Which, another theory, and it's not like I made it up, but... For whatever reasons, the the moves that the Pistons made seem like they were done with thinking, you know, a, another move to be made. I thought somehow a Blake Griffin trade is going to be in the works, but I, I guess it might be too late for that if they've had the conference. But I don't know what Detroit is doing either. So to me, they were a loser also because they signed like all guys that played the same position, a bunch of centers and a bunch of hybrid three fours yeah i didn't like the choice moves at all you don't know what they're doing it's like circa new york knicks 2019 uh, yeah i mean plumply they drafted isaiah stewart they signed okafor uh, grant plays the same position as that hybrid three four position as sekou dambuya same as sadiq bay who they drafted they signed josh jackson uh yeah, I just don't know what they're doing. I mean, I think gambling on Josh Jackson, I'm sure that was a very low risk. And then signing. they took on Dwayne Desmond's contract, but they uh, they waived him. Is that correct? Yeah, yep, they waived him. So he's and out then, there. Uh, I, I suggested him for the Lakers. That's just my thought. Oh, I'm sure Dwayne would love that. He lives in L.A. Um, yeah, I spent the week with him a couple weeks ago. Um, but, yeah, he, he lives in L.A., so I'm sure he would like to stay home. I think the best fit for him that makes the most sense is New Orleans. Is I'm not sure about the Zion and Steven Adams. Yeah. I mean, they're going to be good for JJ. I mean, and they gave him an extension too. Yeah. With a trade kicker. Oh my gosh. Without even seeing them together, they already had to, and did an extension. And if you can, Dwayne Dedman can give you what he did give you two years ago. I mean, that, that would be really cool. Yeah. I just think Zion needs to be paired with a floor spacer. Yeah. A guy that can knock the open shots and let Zion operate in the paint. Um, yeah, I just want to see how Zion. I mean, I didn't think Zion and Favors look too good together sharing the court as far as from a spacing perspective. Yeah. So, yeah, um, that's what I would have done. I would have added a shooter, but it, it probably helps JJ Redick because, I mean, you get screened by Zion on one end and then the next play, you get screened by Steven Adams. He should get a lot of open looks. Should should if he's not traded first, so we'll see if that's the case because he could be traded for some for some assets too as well because he's still a valued, uh, you know, individual that's that's admired by a lot of people in the league. So we'll see if he sticks before the trade deadline and whatnot. But my friend, it's been a great conversation. But before we head on out and before we give you the, I guess the the great pitch on why people need to check out NBA Draft Junkies. Were any of the big recent contracts extensions, uh, I mean, were they all justified? I mean, we had quite a few uh, with Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, excuse me, Jason Tatum in Boston. We had De'Aaron Fox. We had Bam Adebayo. We had Brandon Ingram. I already talked about my kind of questioning the Steven Adams extension. That was kind of weird and out of place, and I thought they should just go ahead and see how it works with Zion first before they did that, but you see any extensions that were justified? You know, do, did you see them all as being justified? Yeah, I didn't see any that were 
Did you mention Donovan Mitchell? Donovan Mitchell, yeah, obviously, yeah, he was there five yep. years, one ninety five, yeah, as well. Yep. So, um, yeah, I mean, the big one is Collins. That's the one that that we'll see. One, if it happens this summer, and two, like, what money does he get? Because I read that he wants a max, but he's not on their level as far as like you know, as far as like his production. And then also he missed 25 games. So yeah. it's kind of hard to reward him after that. Um, but yeah, that's to me, that was the big one, but like Lonzo, if he gets extended, those are the two ones for, and marketing. Those are the ones I'm looking forward to. Cause I figured the guys that you mentioned, it was a no brainer that they were all going to get a max deal, but it's the other ones that, that, uh, yeah, you just wonder what they get funny how that that's going to play out but yeah it's going to be interesting seeing john wall what about john wall wanting to leave i mean gets the achilles injury gets another injury on top of that the team re helps him rehabilitate the injury and to just show his appreciation for the actual team that that helped him get to that process and get him back on the court once again he now wants a trade Interesting. Yeah. Good luck. This is, isn't it like $138 million left on this contract? Or Four something years like that? left. Four years left, I think, on it. Yeah. About $40 million a year. Considered by many to be the NBA's worst, worst contract. But it's, 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 a, it's a big deal. I mean, he, and he hasn't played in two years. Yep. Yep. And that's why they haven't done the uh, Westbrook for Wall trade because Westbrook actually has less years than Wall. So. And it doesn't make sense either way. So. <laughs> Uh no, I think John Wall is stuck there. Stuck there for a quarter. Unless New York takes him. But I don't even know if that makes any sense. So yeah, John Wall is stuck there. I, I think so as well. But before we head on out, my friend, you gotta give the hard sell. It's that time. Tell everybody why everybody needs to check out the NBA draft junkies. Um I mean I'm biased. I think it's a good site. I think that You should uh, be. I put in a lot of work, so the content is going to be consistent. I, I think I, since November, I think I, as of yesterday, I put out like nine videos in the last like 14 days or something like that. I'm ready to get 21 started. So I have two more videos or, or three for the, the divisions in the West, in the Western Conference. I'll do those. I have a couple of players that I already have in mind. I start off with some returning players for the 2021 draft and yeah i mean i'm just gonna put out content consistently one thing you won't see from me is like a mock i won't do a mock until january you know i'm not a real big fan of coming out with the mock drafts so when early. i haven't seen a kid play a, a college game yet so you know because i mean you think about last year nico Mannion was a projected lottery pick so was cole anthony so was isaiah stewart Tyrell Terry wasn't on anybody's draft boards. Neither was Okongwu. Jaden so, McDaniels. Jaden McDaniels, exactly. So, um, yeah, I won't do a mock until at least January. But hopefully we have enough games by then because, you know, today is the first day. I think it might be the first official day, or the first big day of college basketball yeah. season, and we've already seen quite a few games canceled. So, um, and then, you know, with this Thanksgiving holiday, I think it's going to be a super spreader. So hopefully the season can go on and, you know, it doesn't get canceled again. So, but yeah, I mean, as far as NBA draft junkies, the content is just going to be consistent. I put out a lot of videos and also doing somewhat of a rebrand as far as like the logo and just kind of the overall design of the site and the, and the video. So I've been working on that the last couple of days. So I'm looking forward to getting that started. And once again, you can head on over to NBA Draft Junkies on YouTube where there's over 13,000 subscribers who are already enjoying it. And then you've got NBADraftJunkies.com and, of course, his podcast, NBA Draft Junkies, which you can also catch on Dash Radio and, mm -hmm. of course, the Run the Floor podcast. Right. Yeah, so yeah. yeah that, that'll be back. It'll be more general basketball topics. But, yeah, I'm on Dash Radio every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 10 p.m. I mean, sorry, 10 a.m. Central and 8 a.m. Pacific. So it's every Monday at uh, 8 a.m. your time, there 10 a.m. my time. That's good. I, I can't wait. Like I said, it's it's such a great time for you to go ahead and seeing all of what you do as far as NBA Draft Junkies. you got so much, again, on the plate. I've never known you otherwise to not have so much on your plate, but I wish you continued success, my friend. I know you're heading back here soon. I know mm -hmm. I've got the Lakerholics on tap. 
I wanted to save you from them. We're going to go ahead and discuss more free agency because I know, I know I'm going to hear more from Laker Tom on that coming up here in a few. But I wanted to wish you and your entire family a truly blessed and happy Thanksgiving, my friend, since this mm-hmm. is going to post tonight. And I wish you a safe and happy holiday season. And I will be getting with you soon before the season starts. I want to hear more of your thoughts. We're going to go into a deep, you know, if, I would like to invite you back to, you know, as always, we're going to go into the, the hardcore as far as before the season starts coming up here next month and talk into depth on some of the teams in the Eastern and Western Conference and really get a lowdown on who might have the advantage next season if you want to come back. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Well, there it is again. He's coming back. I got a guarantee. Sweet. Right there for you. Well, he's probably rolling his eyes as we speak, but <laughs> it is my good friend indeed. It is Rafael Barlow. You want to check out everything that he's doing today at NBA Draft Junkies. Well, my friend, it's been great talking to you once again. I look forward to our conversations here in in just a short amount of time where we'll be going ahead and previewing the NBA season. I look forward to that and so much more right here with you at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.